Smackdown, hosted by Nate Ulrich and myself, Jacob Novak. This is a podcast where two everyday creative people try to break through the noise and do creative things. Today, we're discussing how we can best support each other's projects. We talk about support systems in college versus the professional world, and especially when we feel like we don't know enough to contribute. So, let's get into it. time when we were like next time we do this we're gonna be in person yes i recall <laughs> we are currently not in person That's we're right. in the same states so we're yep. closer big step but next week we'll be in person That's Just a goal. lot of moving pieces going on yeah yeah so so a recap if you missed last week's episode uh jacob moved back to central pennsylvania uh within 45 yep. minutes of of where i live uh, and we were hoping that, you know, we, we would start doing these in person again. Uh, you know, but there are a lot of moving parts. I just got back from a trip to Montana, uh, and you know, we're, we're Jacob's still getting settled in, uh, you know, but our goal is yeah. to, to be in person. So, so next week. Yeah. But it's also very hot right now. Yes. So my drive to do anything physical, such as walking to the car, is at an all-time low. Oh, and that's like a what? A total of a, a half a minute walk? That's way too much. If that. <laughs> if. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. We're getting there. But, uh, we sure are. Today, I mean, we're talking about support systems and supporting one another and supporting fellow creatives today. Yeah. But first... Uh, who guessed it? Evan Quinter wrote in, uh, and yeah. this was, he actually sent this, uh, like a few weeks ago. Um, but since we're kind of in the midst of, you know, banking recordings and things like that, we just weren't able to get to it. So I just wanted to Jacob, was this before or after we roasted him? I'm pretty sure we roasted him last week. Uh, this was definitely before we roasted him. Oh, good, 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 <laughs> yeah. good, good. If he had heard the roast, then he may not have written in, or it might have been a very different tone. But, <laughs> uh, so this was um, right after our episode about creative competition. And so mm-hmm. uh, this is what Evan writes. He says, all right, strap in, fellas. I've got some thoughts on last week's episode. Number one, Jacob, I'll have to watch Black Widow with you in person, now in your new home in Huntington. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, number two, and this is most of it, He says, this is a doozy. So when we talk about creative competition, I felt like you guys were essentially hitting upon this philosophical concept called mimetic desire. Originally coined by Rene Girard, hope I'm pronouncing that right, it is the idea that human desire and wants are not linear or self-endowed, but they come from what we perceive to have value in society, aka what we want to mimic. He coins it as, quote, Man is the creature who does not know what to desire, and he turns to others in order to make up his mind. We desire what others desire because we imitate their desires. Gerard posits this reflectional desire leads to competition and then scapegoating. To bring it back to WTD, I wonder if the creative competition we experience is solely coming from us perceiving the work of those around us and wanting to emulate the success they have, which at the point we need to wonder, are we really inspired by others or are we merely trying to mimic their creativity? This should not be confused with plagiarism, but a mimicry of their success through our own creative expression. Is there even a difference? Hmm. I found out about this through a book we sell at the store, Uh, he works at a bookstore, called Wanting by Luke Burgess, which goes into mimetic desire in the modern age and how it shapes entrepreneurs. 
And Burgess expands this into a sort of self-help book, in which we can use our intrinsic memory and competition to actually further ourselves. I personally think it's a bit hogwash, but literally when I was thinking that he said in the book, people usually get very defensive when they first hear about this. Well, you got me, Burgess. Uh, so yeah, that was from Evan Quinter. Uh, he really dove deep. Yeah, that actually brings up some really interesting talking points. We'll have well, to... I mean, we could do. We could bring him on for an episode to delve into this. I think that's a good idea. So, Evan, um, welcome to the show again. Uh, perhaps sometime soon we can talk about uh, that discussion. I think that's fascinating uh, that you did a little extra thinking about that. Uh, and I think we could all benefit from you know your thought, your inside views and some of the research that you did uh after listening to our podcast so yeah. uh yeah let's let's plan on that jacob we'll, we'll we'll give evan the call up to the big leagues now you know yeah or he can just listen to this podcast and then text us good idea good idea yeah. and then we don't have to do anything else <laughs> all right well from that uh thank you for that email evan hopefully we can dive into that with you soon um so now we're going to talk about for today uh, more about the idea of support systems, as I mentioned earlier. And just to kick it off, um, I wanted to ask you a question, Nate. Um, what are some things that you found that you appreciate uh, from people you're working with, whether it's, you know, literally they are your team members on a certain project or just from your support system, uh, just friends or family who may not be you know, in creative fields or anything, but, you know, that you value their input and, and just their feedback and things like that. Uh, what are things that you've appreciated from them? Yeah, I mean, I mean, as a human, uh, I think the easiest thing to appreciate is when somebody congratulates you for something that you spend <laughs> a lot of time on, right? Uh, yeah. Now, that that isn't always the most productive thing, but especially, uh, like, if I'm, if I'm coming to you and showing you a draft of something, I mean, I'm you know, humbling myself, I'm putting something out there that isn't finished and, and I'm uh, allowing you to, to look into, you know, my work that hasn't been perfected yet. So, so yes, there will be flaws. Yes, there, there will be, uh, you know, you know, problems. It's not a polished product and I'm, and I'm showing you it. And, uh, what I really like the most is, is a combination of things. One, uh, you know, obviously I'd love to hear like, Hey, this is awesome. I, I noticed you put a lot of time and effort into this. Uh, this is great. And then following that, I I don't need it sugarcoated. I, I mean, that initial reaction of this is super cool. I mean, that's exactly what we're all looking for. Uh, but yep. then anything after that is, you know, feedback and, and, and positive, uh, constructive criticism, uh, that's going to make it better. Now, of course, sometimes that can be a little infuriating, but in the long haul and looking back, taking in uh, those other perspectives and taking in an outsider's view of your project, whether or not they are professionals in that field. Uh, you know, for instance, when I when I show some of my family members some of the work I do, you know, they're, they're not professional videographers, uh, yet their um, voice uh, it matters and it, and it, and it can really help, you know, better what we're doing. So, like I said, the first thing I like, this is kind of what I like. I like for somebody to say, you know, I, I noticed you put a lot of time and effort into this. This is really cool. And then following up with some, some thoughts, uh, 
and then anything that can help me create even better or, or make it flow more or, Hey, this shot, maybe that could be over here. Uh, I like that. Um, I also like, uh, for someone's ability to listen to my reasoning of why I did it a certain way. Uh, and, and that's important. Uh, and then be open to advice, you know, like, Hey, should I do this here? Should I do this here? And a little bit of, perhaps help in the decision-making process, uh, th- that could be supportive as well. And so obviously there's a bunch of things, but like I said, that very first thing, that very first reaction is what we're going to cling on and remember. Like for yeah. instance, if I showed you a project I was working on for a while and your first reaction was, I don't think that works. I mean, maybe that's the truth, but you just, my heart probably just dropped or sank and like, <laughs> like right. I probably would get really, yeah kind of upset because uh, we put a lot of time and energy and effort in our heart into a lot of these projects, right? Yeah. So it, it's kind of like, you know, when someone comes in and is like, oh, well, it's a good first draft, you well, know, it's like, yeah. it's not, nothing could cut more than that kind of phrasing. Uh, you know what I just thought of is actually, I mean, just the idea of having a support system who maybe isn't, you know, too invested in what you're doing or something like that, or just kind of from the outside looking in, uh, who just has that fresh perspective where, I mean, even us coming up with this podcast, we're trying to, you know, think about the title, the, the podcast art and all that. And I remember, uh, I literally just asked my mom, uh, when we were trying to come up with a name, it was between write that down and something else. And I was just like, Hey, what would you listen to more as someone who doesn't listen to podcasts whatsoever? Uh, mm-hmm. and just, you know, uh, that kind of feedback is good <laughs> because it is sometimes you just need that time to just put things in perspective and think of coming at it with more of the view of normal everyday people as opposed right. to thinking about this 24-7. Right. Well, well, now that you said that, I think I want to rephrase what I said earlier in that creative feedback uh, is important, but I think I think this sums up better, or, or sums up in a better way, is that uh, what I would want from somebody is um, perhaps a curiosity rather than, you know, someone being critical. I think that's a good way to put it because curiosity shows uh, shows ways that you can improve and ask that and shows that you are also invested in in that project, whether that's just service level for the relationship that you have with the person who's creating it. Uh, but but that feels good. Curiosity feels great for uh, when you're talking with somebody about a project that they're really invested in yeah. uh and and i think i think that critical phase like uh, if you're being critical of it i think that's where people can get defensive uh and and ultimately that doesn't lead to uh, a positive outcomes uh especially when you're doing these sort of nuanced creative things yeah. that can be subjective right yeah i really like that idea of just you know asking questions not even in the lens of I mean, you can give criticism or constructive criticism, but even if you are just asking, you know, just genuine interest or curiosity about something, uh, right. it does mean a lot. I mean, I just think of, and this is kind of a different case because um, it was after the premiere, but I think of that day at Liberal Arts Symposium at Junietta College when we premiered The Y-Men 
and we had a question and answer uh, segment afterwards. And I was worried that nobody was going to come or, you know, nobody would have any questions or anything like that. But people did have questions Mm -hmm. just about the process and how we came up with everything and just what set was like and things like that. And just, you know, being able to talk about it candidly is a nice thing that we don't really think about too often because, like I said earlier, we're always in the thick of it. Right. Right. And that I think that brings up another thing in that. um and this, this can come from being a supportive person, not, for instance, like if I, if you're doing a project and, and you show it to me, like this is my reaction to that project. Uh, again, if you are inviting me to give you feedback, that's different than me just saying, uh, that's different from me just giving you feedback right away, right? When you invite somebody for the feedback, it's a very different approach. Uh, if you are starting a conversation with, well, I think I would have done it this way or this. Way. I mean, I, I, right. And and yeah. we talk about this all the time when we're talking about uh, or, or when we introduce, you know, creative working environments and, and, and supporting each other on teams. And, and how does that look? Uh, it's navigating. Um, it's navigating the relationship you have with the, the people you're working with. I think another thing that we haven't really touched on is sort of jealousy uh, and whether or not we... Um, admit that there's jealousy sometimes if somebody does something really cool like i think two two weeks ago we talked about this you know i'm going to try to better myself to 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 do really cool things if i see you doing it and that's a little bit of jealousy that you can do that and i want to try to learn so when approaching you know these conversations uh I'm going to have to check my check myself to see if am I am I going to respond with a hint of jealousy? <laughs> uh, is that going to come out right? And I think when we can take a step back and look at the way uh, we approach these com- or we look at the way uh, we go into these conversations. Uh, I think that's a level of maturity that takes a long time to you know build up and and practice. Right, you, you have to practice it. Um, and I think that's what we do in college. So I think it's important to distinguish the difference between, you know, supporting fellow classmates and creatives in college uh, versus the professional world. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think about uh, in college, there are some classes where, I mean, if we're working on a project, whether it's a video or just, you know, uh, an essay or th- things like that, uh, sometimes we'd uh, get in small groups where it was, you know, just looking at each other's work and then just filling out a sheet of like, here's what I think worked and here's what did in here, are my general thoughts and feedback and things like that. And I think that's a very effective thing, especially as you're learning how your process will be uh, just in classes in college. Uh, but you know, you can't do the same thing necessarily in the professional world uh, right. because it, it's, you know, a little bit more fast paced, uh, there's not always going to be the structure of, okay, let's all sit down. We all had time to, you know, watch this video or read this script or whatever it is and ri- write down detailed notes and things like that. You know, it's, n- it's not always going to be like that. Uh, right. And, and you so, can't really get fired from college. <laughs> right. You piss off the wrong person at work. You could easily yeah. get fired or, or, or it changes the entire dynamic of your workplace. Yeah. And that's vastly different than in college, I think. Yeah. Yeah. You'd have to try really hard to get fired from college. At least doing <laughs> creative work. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. so one thing in college that I remember specifically was uh, that it 
in many situations, it was very conducive to learn about the process of, of, uh, you know, supporting your, your, your fellow classmates, especially if you were in, uh, for instance, when we were in the, uh, integrated media arts, uh, or, or in any communication courses or any of those, these classes where we're actually doing some, some pretty neat, uh, but creative stuff, uh, you know, that couldn't be graded the same way a, for instance, a math test or something could be graded. Right. Uh, and yeah. so we learned how to, we got to experience, uh, and learn how to, uh, you know, support each other, uh, but also in an area where it's safe for us to, to make mistakes in that supporting process. Uh, and, and that's vastly different, I think, from a lot of professional environments. Again, it's going to depend on what type of environment you're working in. Some professional environments are going to kind of replicate the college environment, but but others, it's going to be different. You're, you're not going to have the same uh, people have short tempers, you know, you're, yeah. you're not going to have the same relationships that you have. A lot of times in college, you know, you're partying with the same people having a beer or, or going to coffee the next morning with, with some of the people in your class. That's not usually the case for, for, for work, especially during COVID times. Uh, but it's just, it's different. And I'm so yeah. happy that I had the opportunity to learn how to, you know, have these conversations to learn how to support each other uh, and, and, you know, build each other up in a, in a manner that, uh, not only allowed us to give feedback, uh, but also let us be happy with the work that we're creating. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah. Now, so let me ask you this. I mean, we talk about college being the place where you can really learn about how you evolve your own process and things like that. Uh, but in your professional life, you might not always have the same kind of support system in place there that mm-hmm. allows you to have that kind of reflection, especially since, I mean, the creative process, I feel like changes for everyone just as you experience more things and you're always, it's always going to be evolving. Uh, but you're not always going to have that same way in which you learn from that process. So if you're in a professional environment where you don't have the same opportunity to learn from your process. How do you do that externally? Well, there's always YouTube. Uh, but I, I think uh, if you have a good leader, so a, a manager or a leader figure on the team, it doesn't even have to be someone who has a manager role. You can learn the culture of the workplace that you're in, and that's going to greatly affect how you support your teammates or if you if you know how you support them or or if you don't even support them at all right right the culture is really going to make a difference but uh what i was saying is if you have you know a leader that you can start to replicate what they do you see how they are supportive how they can cultivate and nurture these relationships and 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 elevate people uh you can start to try to replicate that and learn from that. So I think that's what we were, we had the privilege of doing in college. Of course, not everyone gets that uh, or has that ability or, you know, has even the option to go to college. But a lot of people have the option to learn and replicate uh, because there are so many leaders and mentors and people in, you know, all aspects of life, whether that's church or community, uh, local uh, businesses or, or, you know, whatever it is, 
and I think that's that's that changed a lot for me from college to, to being in the professional field is that I I had a lot of great people around me that I could learn from. And those people, you know, supported me. And I'm going to try to replicate the way they supported me because it made me feel good and it made me <laughs> energized to do more work. Uh, and I'll try to do that when other people ask for, for my for my support, right? Or for my um, input on something. During our break, we just wanted to remind you that you can be part of the show by emailing us at askwtd at gmail.com. If you have any questions for us, topic suggestions, or general feedback, feel free to reach out and we'll be sure to include you in a future episode. You can also message us if you have any writing prompts for future editions of The Brainbow or subjects to explore in our series, The Art of Things. So once again, that email is askwtd at gmail.com. Anyways, let's get back to it. So, Jacob, here's an interesting thing. How uh, do we go about supporting people uh, who are doing things that you don't know anything about mm. or that you have absolutely no interest in, but you really want to, you know, you you respect the people asking you and you want to support them? What, what do you do or, or what should we do? Yeah, I think, I mean, I feel like that's something that both of us can relate to. Uh, on a few different levels. I mean, my mind goes immediately to uh, the house that we lived in in college where we mm-hmm. were the two communication video people uh, living with a couple environmental science people and biochemistry people and all of our friends were, you know, doing all these different kinds of things. So it was always, I mean, the, that's, you know, straying from the idea of of strictly creative stuff but just the idea of how do you have that sense of support with things that you have no idea about like no idea yeah like yeah is is there such a thing as a negative idea negative of an idea um but yeah i think i mean sometimes you just gotta listen to oh yeah i mean that that's you know the most base level advice you could give but i mean just and that's the hardest that is the hardest though yeah. Unless you have absolutely no idea what someone's talking about. Yeah. Listening is hard. Yeah. I, I, th- I mean, but just being able to listen to someone talk about or rave about or rant about something mm-hmm. that you don't really have any idea. Uh, just being able to stick with the stick with what they're saying and just being able to relate to it in, you know, more simple uh, human terms of things that we can all connect with uh if Mm -hmm. you know complaining about x or things like that um just being a sounding board i guess is is probably Mm -hmm. the the thing that comes to mind the most um i mean i know you and everybody that we lived with probably had to listen to me go off on my own existential crises on more than one occasion uh even if you didn't have any idea what I was talking about. <laughs> yeah, we all have those. We all went through that in college at least once. And, oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think that's that's yeah, that's true. Listening is a key. I mean, this is outside of just supporting people. Being able to listen is going to get you far in life. I mean, 
And that's hard for me to do. I'll be completely honest, completely transparent with the listeners. Uh, I've been practicing. But as you can see, I love to talk. Uh, <laughs> and so, and, and this this goes back to a lot of the, the saying of, um, and I don't know where this came from, probably someone a lot smarter than me. But, uh, you know, uh, let's see if I don't butcher this here. <laughs> uh, instead of uh, listening to, uh, uh, what is it? Listening to reply. Or listening until you can talk versus listening to, do you know what I'm trying to get at? Yeah, that's actually, I, I was literally just thinking about, you know, I still have this issue uh, where I don't understand something. So I'm just uh-huh. listening to the point where I am able to jump on to anything <laughs> right. and yep. be able to talk, yep. even if it's not related uh, to, you know, the point that they're trying to get at uh you know right it's it's uh listening with the aim to talk as opposed to listening with the aim to learn maybe right is right the way to put that. well I, I think that is a way to put it there i think there's a, a much cleaner way to put it but it's hard like for me when i have you know in conversations where we're talking we're trying to be supportive we're trying to figure out what you know how the conversation's going when something pops into my head that seems that, that would further the conversation, it, it, it's in the head, it's in my head now. And it, it, if I don't say it now and interject and be, you know, no. a bad person in this conversation, uh, it's going to be gone. And again, this might be an ego thing. This might be just <laughs> something, but, but if, if I don't say it, then it's gone. And I've learned uh, through countless interactions and some of the work I was doing in Pittsburgh that when something pops into my head uh, and it's worthwhile, I'm going to write it down real quick if I can uh, and, and not talk. You're going <laughs> to write just that And just wait down. it out. I'll just write that down. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's an important saying. <laughs> and that's so hard to do, Jacob, but you're yeah. right. Being able to listen and actually listen with the intent of learning, that is adulting <laughs> majorly. Yeah, and... And even, I mean, I think that's that's the key thing, right? Uh, even if you do know what, you know, someone is talking about or if I'm talking to you about video stuff or you're talking to me about video stuff, you know, listening is, is a key regardless. Uh, in terms of giving feedback and things like that, because, you know, I, th- I think it's easy to fall into the trap of, oh, I have... Uh, no experience in what they're doing so i don't have anything of value to say uh mm-hmm. or to give them i think uh having that outside perspective can be incredibly important uh and so just being able to uh you know lend a voice of hey i have never written a script i have never made a video i have never whatever uh mm-hmm. but here is just from the outside looking in you know as a you know, the general audience, here's what I think. And I think that that's something that is still important, you know, mm-hmm. regardless of your knowledge level of the right. thing being discussed. Right. And I think this is the interesting thing with the visual or audio or, or the sensory things that creative people are doing, right? The difference is an outside perspective is probably somebody who's going to view your work. And we've talked about this a lot where, you know, when we are completely invested in our work, we're blind to it. 
or or deaf to it, depending on what we're doing. And because we've worked on it for so long that either the flaws are glaringly there or we're blind to them and we don't see them in the instance of, of video, right? Yeah. Because we've been working on the project. So having the, the viewership of somebody who would theoretically be a viewer who hasn't seen the project before, that's going to make – I mean that is supportive in so many ways and when they can give that feedback of, you know, this seems to work really well or uh, – Perhaps something here, be curious about it, right? Like we were saying, be curious. Like what what, what happens if, if this goes here and how, how does that play into, you know, blah, 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 to make that conversation, uh, make that conversation be more in a supportive vein. But to, to go towards the, how do you support things where again, you don't have any interest? I mean, that's different from, you know, working with people with, uh, on things. I mean, my sisters, my sis, my, my entire family almost is, probably vastly more intelligent than me in so many things, of course, uh, and, and throughout high school, at least, and even into college. I mean, most of them are in the hard sciences and I'm reading this stuff. I've absolutely no idea what's going on. And like, yeah, I want to have an interest in it too, but come on. I, how can I have it? Like, come on. Like, really? You're boring. Uh, and you're boring. So, <laughs> I don't really have an answer to how, how to be supportive when you have no interest. I think the one thing though that is important that I could provide in those situations when they are talking about paper, hard papers and hard sciences and stuff like that, or even any kind of math stuff, I don't know. Uh, a lot of times, and this is what I was just talking about with video, a lot of times it is important to show a piece of work that a layman might read and get the perspective from somebody who has absolutely no idea. And this is a, a lot of, yeah. I think there's a lot of problems in scientific papers and stuff that they're just written for academia and yeah. therefore it is not going to be read by anyone in the public. And that information then is just uh, in an, a sector of the world that can understand it. Right. Yeah. Uh, and so that is how I could be supportive for someone like, you know, my siblings, when I had absolutely no idea what was going on. Yeah. That's why Bill Nye is such an important figure, you know, just exactly. boil it down for all of us. Really? Really? <laughs> I think another thing to bring up that I think applies to, I mean, honestly, all of this, you know, whether you're part of a support system, friends or family who don't know about you know, photography or video or writing or whatever it might be. Uh, or if you're a coworker or teammates or something like that, I think it also is important to just set the expectations of, you know, what you're looking for. If mm -hmm. And I, I guess this kind of goes both ways where just if someone comes to you with like, if, if I come to Nate with a script and I'm like, hey, why don't you check this out? Uh, it might mm -hmm. be helpful to just be like, okay, what are you looking for from me? Like, do you want right. notes on like dialogue or something? Do you just want me to, you know, give thumbs up or thumbs down? Uh, and that's not always easy for someone like me who is just trying to give something to show where it's like, okay, uh, what are you looking for from me? And it's like, uh, I don't know. You figure it out. But I think, you know, just trying to identify, you know, 
what we're holding each other accountable for, I guess, mm-hmm. is, is something mm-hmm. to, to keep in mind. Yeah, that, that transparency and that ability to, I mean, that takes um, a lot of work on both sides. When you're presenting your work, asking for exactly what you want from that, right? I mean, you have to be able to ask like, hey, I created it this way. What do you think? And can you tell me if this works? And then the person who's going to be that support system has to know how to, again, to go back to the beginning of this conversation, has to know how to uplift the person as well as give the feedback that the creative has asked for. Uh, And that takes practice on both sides. And so when we're going into, you know, this next segment, when we're going to talk about what our goal is and how we can be supportive i think this plays a big role in 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 that the more you can cooperate with people the more times you can collaborate with people again it's a learning process and if you're not a creative working with other people it's going to be very different than somebody who's been working with people all their lives uh whether that's creating stuff writing stuff or or whatever projects they're working on so jacob on the top of your head, do you have any sort of goals in mind uh, to be a better supporter or to be um, goals for yourself when you're asking for support or anything like that? Well, uh, and I can't believe it's taken this long to bring this person up in the conversation, but someone who is a great supporter, and we've said so before, is Harry Biddle, uh, oh, yeah. who was on the show on episode 20. Uh, he is so good about, you know, just texting me and being like, hey, you do any writing recently? Uh, and, and just, you know, being that motivator uh, and having that curiosity and interest in seeing what progress and what I'm actually up to. And so I think I, I want to take a page out of his book. I want to try to as we talked about towards the beginning of this podcast, be more curious uh, outwardly uh, mm-hmm. about, you know, projects that you're working on, projects that uh, Evan might be working on, shout out, uh, and just other people in our circle, just, you know, just trying to be that encouraging presence that Harry has been of, mm-hmm. uh, you know, genuine curiosity and encouragement of getting your stuff done and, and, reading it and giving thoughtful advice. So I think just trying to be the initiator as opposed to just having something shoved in my face or being like, Hey, I might want you to take a look at this. And then three months pass by and then nothing's ever come up. I guess if that mm-hmm. makes any sense. Oh, no, absolutely. I, I'm, I want to do the exact same thing. This podcast can hold us accountable. Yeah. And I think that's another thing is that I want to, uh, be more accountable to myself on projects as well as if, for instance, you need that kind of support, for instance, Loser or, or other projects you're working on, I want to be that person that can help you be accountable for it. Like you say you're going to write 10 pages by the end of the month. I'm here to support you. I'm here to walk you through that process. Uh, and by the end of the month, I'm going to say, hey, did we were, were we able to create 10 pages, even though it's your project, right? If you bring me on in the project, I'm going to be right there for you. So that's that's another thing that I want that I, I want to do is I want to be more accountable to myself for my projects. And then I want to be there for other folks who want account. Uh, what did we have in college? Accountability buddies. I want to be that person, right? 
Is that uh, a and thing? so I don't know. We had that. I, I took a class called Fit Lab and we had accountability oh, buddies. Okay. So yeah, that was one of those senior classes where you got to, it was like gym class or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, so that, so that's one thing. And then, and then again, I, I want to continue to practice, uh, listening and, and actually learning while I'm listening and, and responding with curiosity, uh, to further the conversation with the person who isn't enlightening me in the conversation rather than me jumping in with my, my own thoughts and stuff. And of course there's always time for that. There's always time to jump in with your own thoughts. That's how conversations yeah. continue. Uh, but I, I want to be, I don't really know the word for it, but I, I want to be more a part of the conversation uh, without my voice being a part of it. Um, and, and again, that takes a lot of practice, uh, and I want to continue to practice that. I think this podcast itself is one of the ways I can practice it because we're jumping around between so many ideas and we're bouncing things off each other. And yet in order for it to be a, a a podcast that, that can work, we have to take in the different, uh, ideas that we're putting on the table and, and processing them. So, uh, this is just one way that, you know, that we can practice these sort of things outside of the professional world, kind of yep. in like a hobby, yep. hobby situation. I like that. Yeah. And I think this is, uh, I mean, I, I like this, this trend of, you know, setting goals for ourselves. Uh, and I think, I think it, it is important to encourage anybody listening to also just, you know, think of ways, specific ways in which you can become a better supporter of people or your friends or other uh, creatives or whatever it might be. Uh, and that might sound super soapboxy, but also just imagine a world in which, you know, you're making someone's anxiety about a project less. And then in turn, they're yeah. making your anxiety less oh, about another man. project and you're making someone else feel. And then they, and just the circle of less anxiety. I feel like we could all use that. <laughs> I feel like we could absolutely. That's, that's fast. Jacob, that's awesome. That's a great thing to put out into the universe because that's so true. I think a, a lot of people have anxiety and we have anxiety about showing our work. And we talked about this. I mean, we had guests on the show who, who have yeah. backlogs of work that, you know, they're not ready to show people. And I, and I think that's just art that is not exposed to the world yet. And yeah. I think the world's ready for that art. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, no, I, I love that. I, I love that. I think I, I also think that we obviously missed a lot in this conversation. And, and I would really encourage people who are listening to, you know, write your thoughts on how to be a, or write your thoughts to us on, on how you are a good supporter, how you, uh, yeah. you know, uplift people in your group, uh, whether you're interested in their work or not. Uh, because I, I really do think that although we had a great conversation, I, I think there's a lot more to be uncovered and I would love yeah. for your perspective on the show and we could continue this conversation, uh, on the air or off. So just, you know, reach out to us. Yeah. Ask WTD at gmail.com. Wow. You're good at that. <laughs> well, you know what else I'm good at? What are you good at? Definitely not procrastinating. What do you Ooh. have this week? Oh, what do I have? This is smooth. <laughs> All right, Jacob. Jacob it was smooth until I force it onto you. 
Toji Fu- yeah. <laughs> uh, you are going to absolutely love this one. Oh boy. So one of the things that Jacob and I have said we were going to start doing is, you know, watching, we're going to, we're going to, Jacob's got me to be a fan of the Columbus crew. Okay. I've always been a soccer fan. I've always been a football fan. Yeah. But I never had a, a, a team that I supported in the U S for MLS. Uh, I could appreciate the skills on different teams and I would just kind of watch, but I never was a fan of any specific team. Uh, until Jacob moved into town. Mm-hmm. And now I am I'm not a bandwagoner. I am a new fan of the Columbus crew. And there's a reason. The reason is Jacob sent me uh, two, two different documentaries. But the one that I'm going to talk about today is called the Save the Crew documentary. And I yeah. finally finished the last episode. Uh, and that documentary embodies the grassroots campaign and the mindset of a community that does not want to get rid of a team that holds a part of Columbus together. And so in short, in short, the team was going to be moved due to financial reasons and stuff like that. And then this sort of movement erupted. Corporate greed. There you go. (laughs) The movement erupted uh, into something much larger than what they thought. And so here I am, you know, not really a true fan of the Columbus crew yet, uh, but am you know, tearing up at how this whole city can, can back uh, this, this football club, this soccer club uh, and, and keep them in, in Columbus. Uh, so I watched the, the uh, was it save the crew documentary. There's three episodes yeah. on YouTube. You can, you can find it by typing in save the crew. Uh, and yeah. it's it's fantastic. I, I love it. And Jacob sent it to me, so you can. <laughs> so it's basically a lot it's of bas- crew talk. this is basically my recommendation. Yes, it was absolutely <laughs> your recommendation. I would not have ever watched that uh, unless think, the YouTube algorithm popped up. <laughs> Who knows? I th- I think the YouTube channel is Copa ninety, so C O P A ninety. Okay. Uh, apparently, they have other documentaries. Documentaries. Uh, of, you know, surrounding soccer and I want to check those mm. out, but yeah, that's definitely a good one. And worth yeah. noting, we are also able to watch a game together in person. Yes, that's uh, right. It didn't end the way that we wanted it to, but it was still a lot of fun. It was uh, a lot of fun. The, yeah. yeah. And you brought Mopsy over your dog. It was great. Yep. 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 Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, for me, uh, I mean, just based off of what day this is, this might be a little obvious for me. Uh, the Suicide Squad came out uh, this ah. past weekend, uh, otherwise known as Newicide Squad, which I coined, uh, because there was another Suicide Squad movie in 2016 that came out, um, and this one is just called The Suicide Squad. They just added a the. It's a little complicated, kind of, but uh, I mean, honestly, I mean, all full transparency, big Marvel fan. There are some DC movies I like, but I just don't think all of them have hit the same heights. Uh, but this movie was just a lot of fun. It's it's a good romp, a good cast of characters. Uh, Idris Elba, Margot Robbie. Uh, oh, I'm going to mess up his name. Let me look it up. Uh, David Dalsmachian. Dalsmachian. Something like that. Uh, he's uh-huh. also great in it. Uh, just a, a good cast, you know, fun script, just a 
a fun time, Suicide Squad. Uh, it's on HBO for like another month or something. Um, but yeah, it's a good movie. I was a, I went wow. to the theater in town, and I was the only person in there, and it was no fantastic. way, really. Uh, actually, no, two people came in. Uh, like right as it was starting but i got there like 10 minutes early and i was like am i really gonna be the only one here it was also like a sunday afternoon matinee so that uh, is this uh the clifton five it is yeah yeah shout yeah. out clifton shout out. five huntington yeah it was a good time so yeah good time the suicide you're gonna watch it again though right uh, probably yeah with right me? now i with you and harry's out of town i'm sure he'll want to watch it when we'll come back, back and watch it yeah 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 yeah, we got the HBO set up. Shout out my brother. <laughs> oh, you don't want to go watch it again at the Clifton? We'll be the only ones there. Oh, we. I mean, we can do that, yeah. Yeah, maybe. We'll see. I, I, we'll see. I just never know if people actually want to go to the theater now that we can just watch some of these things at home. Support local theaters, man. Yes. Agreed. Cool. That's awesome. All right. Well, this is how I can be supportive for something I'm not interested in at all. <laughs> I'm only joking. I, 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 I'll totally go to the wow. movie theater with you um, for the popcorn, of course. Of course. Uh, yeah. So now, Jacob, uh, I think it's important that people know uh, where to find you. So uh, what, what do you got for us? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Yesvac. I almost slipped back into the Jacob Novak, but it's not what it is anymore. It's at Jacob Yesvac. I'm a little rusty. How about you, Nate? Nate Ulrich 16. That's on Twitter. Cool. All right. We'll see you next week and that next time, most likely in person. Most likely in person. <laughs> nice. <laughs>Thanks for listening. Write That Down is produced by Nate Ulrich and Jacob Novak. Music for this podcast includes Answered by Katza and Dream 13 by Punchdeck. You can find links to both artists in the description for this episode. If you'd like to be a part of the show, you can email your questions or topic suggestions to askwtd at gmail.com. Once again, that's askwtd at gmail.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next week.